Hello everyone, welcome to Smoke Show Show. Today we have Ellery Smith, she's amazing. She's like a writer, actress, stand-up comedian. She does literally everything. I can't imagine like a more beautiful, accomplished person. Thank you so much. I don't actually act, so don't try to cast me in anything. But... Cast her in everything. <laughs> I always feel like anytime I, I go out to act, because I do get asked to audition for stuff, yeah. I find that I just talk louder. Like that's my acting, it's just like talking so loud and it's so... What do you mean? <laughs> embarrassing it's so bad and then you, you, I can feel everybody in the room sort of tense up and be like oh <laughs> never mind never mind <laughs> I'm sure if you I'll took, take a class I'll yeah take class. I love taking acting classes you took a lot of clown not a lot of clown classes but I took a few clown classes why did you take clown classes because it was recommended <laughs> to me by people who I thought are are really good comedians and I can see why they were helpful but like I have such a shame and embarrassment problem that I ended up crying a lot in class <laughs> So, what do you prefer, indica or sativa? Let's do sativa. Okay, yeah. this is indica. <laughs> <laughs> I can do an indica, it just makes me sleepy. Okay, this is gonna make you a little. Actually, this is a hybrid. Okay. So, this isn't gonna be that bad. It's fire OG. Okay. So, it's gonna be right down the middle. I won't actually, go too hard. I, I usually smoke indica and. Yeah. Do you really? Do you find like that that's. I feel like if I smoke indica, I'm out for the day. Where I'm like, I can't be productive anymore. I have panic attacks when I smoke oh, sativa. Really? Like I tried to break up with one of my exes. I wanted to be like really exacting and perfect. I wanted them to remember this. So small. It's and I especially don't fuck people in comedy because I'm like, oh yeah, like, they're like ten people. So I've only fucked two dudes that have been in comedy. Oh really? And both of them, I, I named them correctly. Well, I did it correctly because both of them are so like unfunny, it will never affect my career. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I nailed it in the head. Yeah. I know how to choose untalented people. But you do, you do need to because it's like if you fuck somebody who like is on your stratosphere or higher, no. you're going to run into them everywhere. Yeah. Or you're going to run into people who know them everywhere. It's just like, it's like having sex with somebody at the office. It's like such a bad idea. Can you have with an ex of mine? That no! We broke up like four years ago. Four years yeah, ago? Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, when you find like good pussy, don't let it go. Men are lonely out here. Did so you true. read that article? That article? This is infused. There's an article that's saying that men are lonely, desperate, saggy, everything. Saggy. <laughs> everything is wrong with them. That should be your lead into man titties. It really should be. Yeah, men are desperate, lonely, and saggy. <laughs> Best music video in the world, by the way. Thank you. Shout out to Dana for letting me use her backyard. <laughs> I did notice that. It's so funny, though. When did you start doing stand-up comedy? Um, I actually started doing stand-up in high school, which is so stupid. I worked at Trader Joe's and Jay McBride, who is a stand-up. Um, and she is actually now on tour with Amy Schumer. Oh, and wow. she got, I think, Vulture's comics to watch this year. She's doing huge, great things, but she's based in New York. Um, so she was well into her stand-up career, and I was like 17 or 18, and she brought, and I was such a big fan of comedy growing up, but I didn't really know that you could be a comedian. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so she brought me my first open mic ever in Albany, New York, and I just never stopped doing it. What? Yeah. That's amazing. And so it really ruined the rest of my life. <laughs> No, that's ideal. Like, that is outstanding. So, how do you, like, sort of deal with, like, comedy and cannabis? Like, do you ever smoke while doing stand-up? I do. You have a very calm demeanor when you do stand-up. Do I? That's not yeah. how I feel about myself. I feel like I'm very stiff on stage. 
And but I like that. Do you? Yeah. I'm trying to get, the, this is why I'm taking the clown classes. I'm trying to become like more playful and like silly and like a little bit. Just be yourself. That's what I, I learned in acting classes. Just, just be, be yourself. yourself. You don't need to be like a character. So many people are characters on stage, but so what true. makes you funny is you. I think that's really good advice. But for me, I'm like, I don't really even know who I am. Like, I feel so frozen in your face. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I had a hard childhood and then I, my dad died the same year that a friend of mine and my grandpa died. So another dead dad. Another dead dad. Wow. But I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what makes a comedian, TVQH. But, um, whoa, that's true. Yeah. So I, I feel like so much of my adulthood has been about like relearning who I am and like trying to like get in contact with that person. And so it's hard to show up on stage as me when I don't really know who me is. So yeah, it's a bit of a journey. To go back to your original question, I do smoke weed before I go on stage a lot, but I'm trying to not so much because I got this tape that would have been a really good tape, except for you can tell I'm stoned out of my fucking mind. So. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but it's also not really my brand. Like I don't really talk about smoking. Actually, people are typically really surprised when they find out that I'm kind of a pothead. Is it just because you're like blonde? I think it is because I'm blonde. <laughs> and it's also people like you come across as so type A. But it's funny because I'm really, I'm really type B. Like I'm just a fucking type B. I'm like a slob. She's base. I'm base. I'm a slob. <laughs> I don't pay attention to any details, and I'm like a pothead. I'm people like. I relate to that. Yeah. Like when Matt Legrand found out I smoked weed, he was like, "What? Like that doesn't? I never would have guessed that. You seem so type A." Wow. And I was like, "So you just think I'm a bitch?" Is that what you're saying? I just think that when people see well put together women, they think type A, because that's generally. Honestly, what the truth. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Like it's like if you get together in the morning and you have an outfit put together as a woman and your dignity, you're type A. You're type A. <laughs> so, true. so true. It's funny because I don't even. I'm not like a big. I love fashion, obviously, but I'm not like a big outfit put together. Er, I'm sort of just like I'm gonna put on something that I feel fun, and I, I'm not gonna think about it like outside of that. But since I've been starting to post stand up clips, people have been commenting like. You have the worst style. Or like, this outfit is so gross. <laughs> what? You have great outfits. Thank you, thank you. I'm always shook by all your great outfits. Thank you. But I think the thing, I'm like, it doesn't, personal style is wonderful because it's personal. So I'm like, that's, it's okay. They don't have to wear you it. You don't have to wear it. And I'm also like, I don't care that it looks like, I don't care that it looks good so much as I care that it looks interesting or it looks like me or it's like, you know that's what I mean? That's crazy. I'm like, I'm putting together like a little art piece. It doesn't have to like appeal to everybody's sense. And I bet they don't say that to male comedians. My show, I try to dress up a little bit just to yeah, taste Yeah, it's hot girl comedy. It's hot girl. There's comedy. Really like a theme there, but like when I'm not at my show, I pretty much do stand up in like pajamas. <laughs> Talk about Funny Lingus. Oh yeah, so Funny Lingus is a comedy show that features basically everybody but men. Um, we do sketch groups, we've had like improvisers, whatever, but we yeah. had some clowns. Um, you had clowns? We had clowns. That's crazy. There are actually, there's like a, a class of very strong female clowns in LA that are, it's like Courtney Peruso, Catherine Christina, Christina Catherine Martinez, um, and Natalie Palamides. Those oh, are like wow. the three, and they do incredible like, character stuff, whatever, they're awesome. I'm also an LA clown because I've driven all of my exes to LAX at some point. <laughs> you've had such an interesting comedy career. You've done so well in stand-up. You've written on TV shows. Where do you see yourself like in the next like five years? I would love, I'm like desperate to get staffed again is my big thing. I've only worked on the one TV show um, and I don't know that it's coming back. So, I mean, I hope it does, but I don't know. It's been a while since we had an order. Um, and I would love to move into live action. I want to write live action TV 
Yeah. I've, so what show did you write on before this? I wrote, so on, the sorry, yeah, I wrote on Robot Chicken. On Robot Swim. Chicken! Adult um, Swim. Yeah. yeah, I love Adult Swim. Me too, me too. Yes. And that, that's very sort of my sensibility is like very strange sort of subversive two shows. But then I find that the samples I write are so down the middle and like not experimental in any way. I want to be staffed again. I want to be in a room. Long-term goal. I want to show run and I want to direct. Yes! So I'm going to try like in the next few years to maybe make one of my own projects just because I'm finding it so difficult to get staffed on somebody else's thing. So I'm thinking it might help that I have like a web series or whatever alongside my samples. Yes! If you ever need help with that, oh my I God, got dude, you. Literally, literally. I've been following like your journey on that and like um, the island short and stuff and I would love to like shadow you on set sometime. Like, oh my god, you just seem like such a boss, and like you know exactly what you're doing. I have no, I have no set experience, like zero, none. zero, oh, except for like being talent. Like, I have never worked on a set at all because I've always been a writer and a stand-up. So I've been like, you came in Hollywood the great way. I came in Hollywood as an assistant, so I wanted to die. Oh my god. Um, well, I knew that first. I needed my, I knew that I needed my nights free to do stand-up. Yeah, so I never took any that's why I never did stand up because I was like, I was like, how do people do this? Like, with they, they that have jobs. Yeah, they have. Well, they have fake, not fake jobs. But like, I worked at a dog hotel. Like, I was a line cook. Like, I took jobs where I could, or like Postmates or Postmates. But I, I always took jobs where I could be done by four p.m. Was like the rule. Was like I had to be able to leave wherever I was at four p.m. so I could start going to like five p.m. open mics, six p.m. open mics. You know what I mean? I wish. That's amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely envy all my friends that started out doing, like, stand-up or, like, performing and not doing assistant work. Even, like, when Dana was, like, trying to become an assistant <laughs> and that she was like, please help me become a PA. I was just like, dude, Girl, like, you don't, you don't want, want it. You don't want it. Just keep on your track. <laughs> I think that's true. But I'll say the, the flip side of that is, like, now I am a lot older and I can't really get a PA job because it would just be such a diversion from my life. Like, I Oh, yeah, you cannot do a PA job now. Exactly. You're that, exactly. too far as a performer, too. Exactly, exactly. And it's hard for me to get a writer's assistant job, too, because I've already, you know, been nominated for an Emmy. So I'm in this really weird space where I'm not working. But yeah, you can't be an assistant at all. It fucking sucks. And so I'm like, okay, well, how do I get in then? Or, or like, how do I get any set experience? Because it's t I can't take any of those lower-level jobs. And so I'm like... And I also, when I do make my own thing, I don't want to go in blind. I don't want to be flying blind. I want to have, like, experience that I can apply. So there's, like, I feel like there's a bunch of stuff, like, a bunch of things I could have learned as an assistant or as a PA that now I have to, like, figure out a little bit later, and it's very scary. Yeah, I do think it's very unfair, like, when shows don't let you, like, uh, produce on set, which is basically you just stay on set and you're able to see, like, how your episode goes down. It's like very unfair to the writer. When I was working in live action, I worked on a multicam, so it was like it was required of me to be on set because I had to give joke alts. But it's oh my not God, normal. Really? Yeah. On Jamie Foxx's show. Yeah. So I had to like constantly give joke alts, and I was. That's so cool though. Yeah. <laughs> like that's so cool. <laughs> I was lucky enough that Netflix they like didn't have a pilot down yet, so they wanted to shoot like the first episode, which was basically my idea that I pitched in my that. showrunner meeting so i was able to like see it on set then the pandemic happened and i had to pitch jokes like from a tv like they like had like this weird like stream where we had to be on set and still pitch jokes through the stream oh my god i guess i didn't realize that that had happened as the pandemic was happening like in mm -hmm. my memory you were done with that before the pandemic no was that like what was that like like that where okay you have this job and it's like important and big and then 
like a world changing event happens and the job changes completely. Dude, like the night before, like the night that everything like shut down or whatever, um, like it was crazy because we filmed our last episode. Then there was like this party like that um, oh, no way. was thrown for like Jamie Foxx's assistant, Dave Brown. And it was like 3,000 people. <laughs> In that I mean, party, and like the thing is, after like that sh episode wrapped, I did a photo shoot before the party, and then <laughs> I um went, like went to that party with three thousand people, and I'm just like it. It was crazy that I was did all those things like right before because some like those things like you couldn't do for like for, years. For, like, two years. But you're still getting back to it. <laughs> and I was exhausted like doing each of those back to back. I'd say you're like done for a while. Yeah, well, I also like took it for granted that I would be like that was going to be my life and it wasn't at all. And so like after that show, like, you know, like after pandemic hit, I had to like take a break from that show because they didn't know what was going on. So I produced a true crime show. Cool. Um, so like when I'm not um, in scripted TV, I also produce like true crime shows. Really? Yeah. So like, because I can't go back to being an assistant. So true. So I just like produced reality TV. But how did you get into that? Um, just like an alumni network. So oh, really? someone took a I'm chance on me. Yeah. Is there a big, I'm sorry, I'm asking you a lot of questions. Is there a big like film part of Bama? Or uh, it's theater? growing. It's growing. Shout out to Ava DuVernay. Um, oh, because really? basically she promoted, well, she got one of the professors at my university and made them, um, you know, she turned Queen Sugar basically into yeah. an incubator incubator for first time POC. Yeah, directors. Or directors. She let a different person direct each other. Yeah, actually it was all females because there were like white directors too, but yeah. And she she was one of the people. And honestly, most of my director, black female friends came from that incubator program oh as well, God. Queen Sugar. And yeah literally love changed that. her love, life I love that. and she was able to like really strengthen Alabama's program and so yeah there's a pretty good network now of people from Bama but I think it sort of died with her like Bama sort of regressed when she left and like I don't even think they have a film department anymore Wait, I think what? it's just communications just or something communications. or journalism Wait, or something like is that so so then when you were there what was your concentration I actually technically didn't um, major in film or theater specifically. I had an interdisciplinary degree okay. and I majored in dramatic writing and directing and I took like classes cool. like in both departments. So I took like acting classes and then film classes. And then I also just had like a normal English literature degree because I'm just like an English nerd. You are an English nerd. <laughs> you are like more well read than anybody I know. I love reading <laughs> books. Yeah, I know. Like I love that place. about you. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be a big book reader, and then when I became Mormon, like I used to this thing where I would read a book a week every summer. Whoa. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, but I've totally fell off in the last few years, and like now I'm so have I. Really read. I read like 20 books a year, something that like that. That is still so much more than the average person. I used to read like, so I'm, much by more. By a factor, I know it's true. But it is one of those things that we're like, once you start doing it, it's so easy to do. And you yeah. like, can just go so fast. But getting the back in is like tough. People never talk about how much writing you have to do as a writer. So, I no, but like for real, people don't talk about how much reading you need to do as a writer. And I think that's why in recent years, I've been writing less and my writing has been worse. And it's because I'm not reading as much. Yeah. Yeah. 
you definitely you become a reflection of like what you're reading as a writer. So true. Stephen King talks about that in his writing book. On oh, writing. I've heard that that's really good. How is it's it? the best writing book I've ever really? read in my life, and it like it definitely changed my perspective on writing at a very young age. I read it when I was like 16, oh my God. and he was talking about how he- Did you want to be a writer forever? Yeah. I love that. I was like published for the first time when I was 15. Oh my God. But like- You're such like a savant. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm only good at like literature. It, I mean, that is enough. That is enough, babe. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is like very helpful, but yeah, um, read, like he like would write eight hours a day which is like a normal job. job and you do have to treat it like a job yeah it is a job and i it was like wow it changed I'm my life so bad at like job. meeting with myself do you know what i mean like setting a time in the morning being like hey this is what this is where we're gonna write i don't do that and i need to but i always it's tough because i always have like three jobs at once so on my off time i'm like no i'm always working i don't know it's i just, just clear i i have no life i just clear my schedule and i'm just like I'm gonna write now, and then it'll take me like eight hours to write like one little Good thing. For you. Maybe I should just do that once a week. Just right? have no Walk life. Off, like some time, and I'm like, okay, we're not gonna schedule anything for this, and we're just gonna meet with yourself because like you are worth it, and like that's you have to treat it like a job. Yeah, it's writing just, a scene a day, I think, is very yeah. manageable. Or Actually, like a you scene a sit down. Told me that one time. You told me a scene a day, and it was I'm working on this cursed. Uh, <laughs> it's out. It's a dog shit train wreck. I'm done. Uh, historical fiction sample. <laughs> and I, I've literally been working on it for like a year and a half. And I'm on my second draft. Um, but it's just, I had to read so much for it. But uh, I was having a hard time with it. And I was talking to you. And you told me a scene a day. And that is what helped me finish my sample. Yeah. Yeah. It's, very, it's very manageable, you it's know? It's very manageable. It's very tackleable. When you sit and think, oh, I have to do all this stuff, you're never going to sit down it's and write. It's so overwhelming. If it's just like a scene, because like some scenes are like cheat scenes too. Like yeah. sometimes when I'm really lazy, I'll like count like, you know, like when scenes like switch over like the flashbacks or something <laughs> like that. I'll be like, or like an insert shot. I'll be like, this is my scene. <laughs> but I do think like days like that makes it feel like you can keep, because some scenes are long. Yeah, some, some scenes, scenes are, are a few pages. And I'll even like, do be like, okay, I'm not gonna finish the scene today. If it's like six pages, I'm like, I'm not That's doing long. this. This yeah. is too long. This That's is long. not my vibe. <laughs> um, so I want to hear your craziest cannabis story. My crazy cannabis story? Um, the, <laughs> the first time I ever did an edible, I was in high school with my, high, it was, I was like a senior, it was like sen summer of my senior year. Um, and I hadn't, I smoked a little weed, but I hadn't really smoked weed. And then I dated this boyfriend who was a weed smoker. Um, and he was like just out of college. He was like four years older than I was. Uh, and so he introduced me to sort of smoking a lot of weed and we did an edible and it was this edible that like before edibles were you could get them people made them at home right yeah and they were they could either not work or they could fuck you up and so we had made this edible at this party we had gone to somebody did um, I think his friend Greg who <laughs> shout out to Greg shout out to Greg who I think is now like a I don't know prosecutor or something so sorry about that but uh, <laughs> fuck the police I mean oh, for real they count. Um, so anyway, they made this edible. There was no way to know how much weed was in it. There was like no way to know. Um, and we took it at the mall and I, we got so high. I, it was the highest I had ever been in my life. We were stuck at the mall for like eight hours. Cause I was like, you can't drive home. I can't drive home. And we <laughs> ate at PF Chang's for literally, we stayed at PF Chang's for like four of those eight hours. And it was awful. I like it's it, in my memory. It's like tunnel vision, like things are blurry on the sides and we're just walking forever and ever and ever and ever. And then we like try to, at one point we were like, let's try to find the car, but we couldn't find the car. <laughs> 
know that's why my car is yellow. Oh, dude, that's so smart. <laughs> what kind of car do you drive? Uh, that's cute. I feel like that's really cute and it fits you. Yeah, I yeah, love it. It's like my first car. I didn't oh, know how to drive. Did you not drive in Alabama? Uh, no. Like I was, I got driven. I didn't know how to drive like a car. I thought I was gonna move to New York, live a different life. Yeah. And then I moved to LA, and then I was like, I can see you living in drive. New York. Yeah, but like, yeah, I would have been way more poorer. Yeah, New York is so much <laughs> more expensive. It's ridiculous. The apartments there are crazy expensive. Yeah, and like the idea of making it like. And Broadway, like you don't. Would make... you be a Broadway actress? Is that what you thought you were gonna do? Yeah, I thought I would like do theater. Yeah, for sure. I'm obsessed with that. I love that. Yeah, I love theater. I don't have any actor friends really, because I was uh... in the writing concentration at Emerson. Oh, so yeah. I have very. I mean, I have Dana, obviously, but like, I don't have any theater people. I love that. I have a Macbeth tattoo. I'm screaming. Yeah. What's my... your favorite? I really person? do like Macbeth. I think my favorite is Titus Andronicus. And I didn't like it that much until I saw it at the Globe. Oh, really? And then just seeing like a black dude holding like a whitish baby and fighting all these people just was really cool was <laughs> to watch. It was way cooler than Othello where he was just like strangling bitches. Like, <laughs> Titus Andronicus, he's like defending his like baby, you know, in his honor. It's, and it's Shakespeare's bloodiest play. Oh, interesting. So everyone just dies, dies. in it. That's so funny. But is there anything you would like to plug? We're nearing the end. Oh, we are? That one's yeah. so funny. I know. Um, I have funneling us tonight, obviously, and yes. then it's, and it's every, every second Sunday. Yep, at Hotel Cafe in Hollywood, and that's basically all I have going on right now. I will be taping a half hour in the spring to, Ooh, to celebrate ten years in college. Yes. Um. So keep an eye out for that, but obviously that's a long time away. And what's your social media? Oh, Where can people follow you? Can you can follow me on Twitter at, at Ellery Smith and on Instagram at Ellery underscore Smith. Yes. yes, and she's so funny online. You have to follow her. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye, guys.